0: Take your Bibles this morning and turn to Acts chapter 2, will you please? Acts chapter 2. As we think about being a healthy church, we look at the activities that were involved in the early church. Someone said we need to live out first century Christianity in the 21st century. And God does not change, and God gives to us everything that we need to be the kind of people that He wants us to be. Acts chapter 2, verses 41 and 42. I'm going to put it on the screen behind me because I want to read this passage in unison this morning. And I think it's good for all of us to be able to focus on the same text, the same translation. So, here we go. So, those who received His Word were baptized, and there were added that day about 3,000 souls. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, and the fellowship, and the breaking of bread, and the prayers. Now, there are five activities that drove the early church It was driven by the Word of God, and they then lived out the testimony of Jesus Christ in their life. And here they are. They were baptized. They were in the apostles' teaching. They were in the fellowship, breaking of bread, and prayers. And so as we look at that early church, we discover the activities that you and I ought to be involved in as we recognize how we are to live out our faith. Now welcome to Calvary Baptist Church this morning. We are a Baptist church. And if you need a reminder about that, I would encourage you to attend CBC 101, where we study some of these in details, because this gives to us some biblical truths that identify us as Baptists. That doesn't make us any better than anybody else. Doesn't give us a higher calling than anyone. But this is what identifies us as Baptists. And there are seven, or you could count eight because there are two B's, that I just want to remind you of. We believe in biblical authority. Amen? The Bible is the Word of God and that's where it all starts. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable. And that is our foundation for life and for teaching and for living out the wonder of God in our lives. We also believe in a born-again, baptized church membership. We believe in the autonomy of the local church, the priesthood of the believers, two officers, independent soul liberty, separation of church and state, two ordinances. And as I said, if you want to get these in a little more detail, attend CBC 101. The next one is the first part of December. That's my commercial. But we believe in two officers, pastors and deacons. And I am so thankful for our deacons. By the way, gentlemen, current and those who have been elected as deacons, I need to meet with you following this service. I figured I'd put that announcement in right here because I hope you're listening to me. I mean, sometimes we put it at the front and it just kind of goes, right? We believe in two officers, pastors and deacons. And together we serve as leadership of the church. And I am so thankful for the men I am privileged to serve with. We also believe in two ordinances, communion and baptism. And this morning we are going to share in those two ordinances. It's not often that we get an opportunity to do this. We are going to see three adults follow the Lord in obedience to believers' baptism. And then we are going to celebrate the given body and the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so this morning I just want to very quickly remind you of what we're going to be doing. Now there are some that call these ordinances Sacraments. And I want to define for you a sacrament because we use the term ordinance and we do that for good reason. Sacraments are celebrated in formal churches, especially the Catholic church. And a sacrament is a visible sign instituted by Jesus to confer grace or divine life on those who worthily receive it. And it is a means for obtaining grace. A sacrament in those institutions, becomes part of your salvation. They don't believe in salvation by faith alone and grace alone and Christ alone. And so that is the reason that we do not call these ordinances, communion and baptism, the Lord's table and obedience, sacraments. Now the sacraments that are celebrated in the Catholic Church are Baptism, confirmation, Holy Eucharist, which they would say would be the Lord's table, matrimony, penance, holy order, and extreme unction. Holy order is for those who are going into the priesthood. An extreme unction could be last rites. But it's a means of obtaining grace. We do not have sacraments here at Calvary. Let me define ordinance for you. An ordinance is a ceremony or memorial practiced and commanded by Jesus so that we can publicly identify as believers with the finished work accomplished by Christ. You see the difference there? We are saved by faith and grace in Christ. Amen? For by grace are you saved through faith, not of yourselves, gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. But baptism and communion are ordinances, celebrate... In a visible way, what God has done for us through His Son Jesus Christ. Isn't that great? And it allows us to publicly identify with the accomplished, finished work of Christ. Now, why these two? I think it's important that as we look at these two ordinances, and we're going to do them very quickly this morning, that we recognize that they are practiced by Jesus, commanded by Jesus, and a picture of what Jesus has done. So I want to look at those three areas as we think about baptism and communion. Practiced by Jesus, Commanded by Jesus, and they picture the accomplished work of Christ. Let's take Believer's Baptism first. The Great Commission, Matthew 28, All authority is given unto me in heaven and earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded unto you, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the age. That's what baptism is. It's a public identification of what Christ has accomplished. Now, it was practiced by Jesus. If you go to Matthew's gospel, you have the account where John the baptizer baptized Jesus. And as you read that text, you discover that the Holy Spirit descended on him as a dove and, and the Father's voice was heard, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. It identified publicly, at least in that context, who Jesus was and what his relationship was with God the Father. It was commanded by Jesus. Right? I quoted for you the Great Commission. Go teach, baptize. Now, the word baptize can be translated disciple, disciple all nations, and it means it's a public identity with Jesus Christ. And baptism is a picture it's a picture of the death burial and resurrection of Christ Romans chapter 6 says we are buried with him so that we might be raised with him now we believe that baptism is by immersion because that's the picture when I take someone underneath the water, which I will do in just a few moments, it will picture the death of Jesus Christ. And when you bring them up out of the water, and I have yet not to bring somebody up out of the water, although I have been offered money, it pictures the resurrection of Christ. Sprinkling does not do that. Pouring does not do that. And there are other Bible texts that give to us an understanding that baptism is by immersion and even the word baptizo. You got that, didn't you? means to go under or to immerse. Now because of that picture, we would identify baptism as following salvation. A number of you folks were baptized as youngsters. And following that, you received Jesus Christ as personal Savior. And after you receive Christ as personal Savior, you wanted to publicly identify with the wonder of the relationship now you had with God through His Son, Jesus Christ. And you were baptized. Our heritage is called Baptists, and we came out of the... Anabaptist. Ana means again, and because in that day children's infants were baptized, this group of people recognized that once they received Christ, they wanted to publicly identify with Him. So they were baptized. Anabaptist. They were baptized again. That's our heritage. And so, as we think about baptism. We see it was practiced by Jesus, it was commanded by Jesus, and the picture is His death, burial, and resurrection. Don't miss that. It's a wonderful thing. Now, what about communion? Communion was practiced by Jesus. And we have the wonder of the Last Supper, the the Passover meal that celebrated deliverance that God had given to His children out of Egypt And he brings his disciples together. And they celebrate what God had done in their lives. You say, well, that was Passover, not communion. Jesus told us as often as we do this, we do it in remembrance of him. Because we know where our freedom is. And our freedom is in Christ. It was not only practiced by Jesus, but we also find it was commanded by Jesus. Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 11 that I delivered unto you that which the Lord delivered to me. On the same night he was betrayed he took the bread. and We'll look at that passage just a little bit later. And Jesus said do this so that you don't forget what I have done for you. Recognize that it was my given body, my shed blood that made a difference in your life. And in 1 Corinthians 11 it says, don't do it without knowing what you're doing because it's a testimony until Jesus comes back. And the picture, the picture is the wonder of what God has done In Luke's gospel, Jesus said, the picture is my given body, given for you. The picture is my shed blood, which is shed for you. Do this in remembrance of me. in the early church. They were baptized. They received the Word of God with gladness and were baptized. And that day were added to the, to the church 3,000 souls. Can you imagine? I wonder how many people were involved in baptizing the baptizees. I mean, how long did it take to baptize 3,000 people? That must have been an all-day affair, right? have been great. And then there was the Apostle Doctrine, the fellowship, the breaking of bread which is communion and prayers. And it was these five activities that were benchmarks for that early church. Same activities that we're involved with today, right? And today we get to share in celebration of the given body and shed blood. We get to share in a visible testimony of the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. And so we think about an ordinance. Ceremony or memorial practiced and commanded by Jesus to publicly identify the believer with the finished work accomplished by Christ. Amen? Amen? Baptism does that. Communion does that. Now I have a question for you. What do you do in your daily lives that publicly identifies you with the finished and accomplished work of Christ? What do you do, what do I do in my daily life publicly identifies me with the finished, accomplished work of Christ. That's a good take-home thought. And I would encourage you this week to ask yourself that question. Monday, what am I going to do to identify myself? Tuesday, what am I going to do to identify myself? Wednesday, what am I going to do? Because it's all about who He is and what He has done in our lives. Amen? That's why we are here today. And that's why we proclaim hallelujah. Because of all that God has done in our lives through His Son, Jesus Christ. Hallelujah.